to a different hospital in a different state. And that her husband now had a fever and was not feeling well. Um, and he had major surgery about a month ago. And it still hadn't completely healed yet. So she's worried about that. And her daughter's also starting to get sick too. So she's just got a lot on her right now. She's sure does. Definitely pray for that. Okay, what about the child that had a bit of um, he's doing well. Uh, they're hopefully he will be able to excavate him on Monday. That's the plan. The, the fevers have broken. He finally started urinating on his own and having a bathroom and everything. That's what they're, that was their biggest concern there for a little while. Um, but everything, there's no uh, neurological damage. The neurologist has cleared him. The part, uh, vascular surgeon cleared him. He does have a severed uh, retrieval artery, but they said he'll be fine with just the one that he has and he'll be good. So. Hopefully the trickle third of ET2 will come out um, on Monday. Yeah, need to pray for that. I, I don't see Elaine. Is she feeling she, rushed? She woke up feeling pretty badly. Just like Pray for Elaine. And anyone else? Lift up and pray. Brother White also uh, is Christian that comes to church. Son that's got the kids that sits before yes. back. Uh, she texts this morning and her daughter's sick. And, Share share that again. I know the lot didn't uh, understand that. Yeah. Buddy duck hunting and I think they were in a boat and he got out in a canoe to go get a decoy and it had a hole or something and he fell into the water. Also said the water's around 11 feet deep and the divers could only go like three feet visibility last night and uh, so they had to call off the search but they said his buddy saw him go under and never come back up. But, uh,
Teaching? No.
I hope I'm not on my own. Hey, good morning, everybody. First thing I want to do is just thank everyone. Thank, things like last night just don't happen. A lot of people do so many things. And I, from everybody who cooked, who cleaned up, took off the garbage, put the chairs on the table, helped, you know, we had two of our men help get people in, get them seated. It just, it's a, it takes a family, doesn't it? And uh, I just appreciate everyone's effort, and I know Brother Wayne does. Anyone a word before we get started this morning? <clears throat> yes, he did. I saw him. I saw him. <laughs> You're probably going to get a lot of dinner invitations after that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to say that it's just wonderful. Just blessed. And you know, the blessings don't all come right at the moment. I have been blessed this morning as I thought about and as I'll think about it the next few days and the people that was here. And, and uh, I'll just join with you. Thank you, everybody. It was a great night. And there was a gentleman here last night that Marilyn and I, one of the ones we took a fruit basket to. Oh, right. So. I was excited to see um, one of the girls that Michaela. Um, mm -hmm. Did go our stuff with the Megan. Um, she did set up Rachel's stuff with her, but she's also a um, color girl with Alabama. Yeah. And her and her mom was here last night. Angie, her mom, had said something to me last year about, you know, where I was going to church and that sort of thing. And she was like, well, me and um, Randall are looking for somewhere to go. And I was like, well, come here to church, you know. Sure. So I was excited, really excited to see them. Yeah, sure. Great. Anyone else? You guys look good this morning. Did you know that? All right. <clears throat> we'll turn to the 10th chapter of Romans and... I told Brother Steve last night, I sure wish I could have taught this lesson Friday morning when I was cleaning the kitchen because it got real. Um, it really did. I appreciate the Lord for opening it up to me. Um, tenth chapter, and um, doo -doo 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 -doo. I'll start at the ninth verse and read through the fifteenth verse, but, but I want us to concentrate this morning on the... Uh, to do to do 14th and 15th verses and then we'll go back to cover the rest of this maybe next Sunday or Sunday week but um I know we've covered a lot of topics this year and everything's good and everything's important but if you remember a lesson this year I ask you to remember this one this one's important okay this one's important verse 9 well, let me back up verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou confess with the mouth, thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And for today's lesson, these two verses. 
How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him on whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? It is, it is as written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And I want to attack these scriptures kind of backwards, if that's okay. I think I'd rather like to... Paul kind of builds it as he goes, and I'd like to take it the other direction. And what I want to talk to us this morning about is the preaching of the gospel, okay? The preached Word of God. You know, if we're fortunate, we live in a country where we're free to practice our worship service however we want. I think I've made this comment before. But if our government turned hostile and said, your services are too long, got to whittle them down, got to cut them in half, I guess I'd have to say, okay, we'll, we'll stop Sunday school. We'll, we'll do that. We'll, we'll stop having Sunday school then to keep peace. And if they came back and said, no, an hour's too long, but we've got to cut it back a little more, I guess I'd do away with the opportunity for testimonies and praise reports. And if they came back and said, no, no, that, that's still too long, well, I guess then I'd have to stop the singing. Because singing's so important in a church service. It really is our praises to God. And that would just leave me to be one thing. That'd be the last thing I'd turn loose of, and that'd be the preaching of the gospel. Yeah, that'd be the last one. Much as I love all the rest of them, if I had to whittle down, I'd hold on to that one. And be left with just one thing. And why is that? Because of what Paul wrote in 1 Timothy, excuse me, Romans 1.15. He said, So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. That's why the gospel is so important. The preaching of the gospel is so important. That's where the power is unto salvation. You know, the gospel, the preached gospel, can open the eyes of a sinner and show him the way to Christ. It can. The, hardened, the hardest heart in the community, the gospel, can prick it and cause him to understand or her what she is and what she needs, he needs to be. The gospel can shine light in our dark places Amen. that we don't even see, we don't even realize. It'll shine light on those places. The preached Word of God. The preached Word can feed the hungry soul. Boy, that's me every Sunday. Yeah. It can water a dry, barren life. Those that are discouraged. I go back to the dry bones in the valley. That Word of God put moisture back in them. There are so many Christians today that spiritually they're just dry. They're so thirsty. But the preached Word of God can put moisture back in their lives. Yeah. 
It can mend those that are broken, revive those that are weary, renew those that have grown tired, and it can encourage us when we're discouraged. Amen. The preached Word of God. Now, I don't want to go, what's the word, splitting hairs. And I'll be careful how I word this. I'm not interested in the, the rabbits this morning. I'm just interested in the basics this morning. We can teach about the gospel. We can. What is the gospel? Power of God and salvation. Yeah, that's what. It really, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you look at them at the top, they say the gospel according to Matthew. The gospel according to Mark, Luke, and John. That's what the gospel really is. We'll get to that more in a minute. But, you know, we, we can teach. We can teach out of the Bible. We can teach about the gospel. Uh, we sing about the gospel. They're called gospel songs, don't we? Yeah. And we can tell others about the gospel. But on a totally higher plane, a totally greater anointing, men of God preach the gospel. And that's a step above anything else. Uh, like I say, I'm not discounting the others by no means. But, but there's a higher plane with the gospel, and that's the preaching of the gospel. You know what my favorite church service is? Come in, and the church just sings, and the singing sounds so good. And there's a few people that just can't help but testify. They jump up for you and sing the next song. And the church prays, and you just feel the Spirit moving. And the minister gets up in the pulpit, and he preaches out of the red letters. <coughs> yeah. And I realize that Christ is from the beginning of the, before the beginning of the world unto the end. I realize that. But when the church is where she needs to be, and the man of God preaches out of those four Gospels, that's my favorite church service. Because I know the church is where she needs to be. Somebody can get saved. Not that they can't get saved in the Old, Old Testament preaching. Like I said, Christ is all through it. I realize that. But when he, opened, when he starts preaching with the red letters, that's my favorite church service. Because I know something liable to happen. Yeah. Let me take a breath. Anybody a word so far? Yeah, there is. Yeah, that's that that's if you want to shuck it way down, that is the gospel. It's the birth, the life, the death, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior. Yeah. That's what it really is. And uh, has to be the virgin birth. Do you realize if Christ had had a natural father, he'd had the same sinful flesh we did? Mm -hmm. Couldn't have been that way. Had to be a virgin birth. Yeah. And as I just read, you have to believe in the resurrection. <coughs> to get saved, you've got to believe in a risen Savior. Yeah. In your heart. Yeah. To show how powerful the gospel is and, and what little I know about it, really, really know about it. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times we preachers talking amongst ourselves will we'll say, well, uh, this message was to the church. Mm -hmm. 
and then we'll say maybe the next Sunday this message was to the lost. And we think we have that figured out that by by what the what the Lord gives us, mm -hmm. where it's aimed to, we don't have a clue. Uh, I've seen people walk the aisle and get saved when I felt like the message was directly to God's people. Mm -hmm. And I've seen times when you felt like that you were reaching for the lost as hard as you could reach and somebody would rededicate their life. And, and boy, that's all in God's hands. We don't, I, don't, I try not to ever be accused of saying that this message is to the lost, this is to the church. God, God can sort that out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'll just let the Spirit do His work. Yes. The, the man of God will do his part, let the Spirit do his part. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it amazing that a message can touch the lost and the church and this need and this need all at one time? Sure. Kind of reminds you a little bit of the day of Pentecost where everybody heard it in their own language. It's like the, the preached word of God. Everybody hears it in their own need. Yeah. And it speaks to them in their own unique situation. Yeah. Yeah. But that is the gospel, if you want to put it in a nutshell. The, the perfect, the virgin birth, the perfect life. So if anybody asks you, what is the gospel? You can tell them. It's Jesus. His birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, his perfect sacrifice for a sinful man. That's the nutshell in the heart of the gospel. Yeah. Brother Michael. Yeah. He sure. Preached it. He preached it first. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He did. To me, he did. I guess the point I'm is he did as much preaching in the living as he did in the in the preaching his own gospel. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So now let's take this a step further this morning. Who can preach the gospel? Who can preach the gospel? Only those who are called. A man called with the divine call to preach the word. That's the only people, only person who can preach the gospel. Yeah. I have heard several ministers say that their calling to preach was as real as their call to be saved. It was that real in their lives. It wasn't just an afterthought. Um, we had a former pastor that said he felt called to preach when he's at the right rear of his car putting air in the tire. Right there. That's where the Lord laid his hand on him. It was that real. Um, uh, you know Brother Patrick Johnson, who's preached here a few times, he'll tell you he was called to preach while Brother Bobby was announcing his call to preach. He was there that night. That's when it happened. And I remember a dear old minister, uh, rest his soul, Brother Ivy Talbert, uh, my, one of my pastors when I was young, said he, was, he lived out on Straight Mountain. He was walking home from a revival service at Mount Carmel. He was walking back to his house that night. And he said the weight of the world fell on him. And right then, he knew 
he was that that voice said, "Preach my word." So, there's not a choice in the matter. There's really not. A man could want to preach his whole life and it not happen. It's God's business who he calls. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he's not going to call a lost person. He's not going to call a backslid person. You know, not going to call an unqualified person. But God does the calling. And it's serious business. I guess next to salvation, it might be the second most serious calling in the book. I had a great uncle. Uh, uncle, I don't know if you ever heard Uncle Andrew Oden, lived to be 106, helped organize a lot of the churches in Block County. And uh, till the day he died, he would tell you that one of his sons was killed in a cemetery that a tombstone fell on him because he refused to preach and answer that call. He'll tell you that till the day he died. That's why his son died. That's how serious the call to preach is. Yeah. My dad had a uh, sister that was like a year and a half younger than him. And his dad made his call after she died. And um, I think I've heard that that uh, God told him that he would uh, take the rest of them. Yeah. You say, that's cruel. That's how important preaching of the Word is. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard ministers say, you'll either preach or you'll spend the rest of your life wishing you had them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Serious. I realize that it really is, but it, but it is serious. Yeah. It is serious. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. For though I preach the gospel, I have no, nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've always said that uh, I like to hear preachers talk about how they were running from the call. And uh, that's how I know they're, they're really called. Um, you, you can just have an idle thought and, and announce your call. Um, because uh, that, that's just not... And anybody that wants to be a preacher hasn't seen it. They haven't. They don't. There is glory in it, or not glory, but joy in it. But there's also the weight of the world uh, in it. Well, there's a special anointing that the rest of us just don't have a clue about. Yep. We just don't really understand it. Uh, we, we can sympathize with them, we can support them, but we really don't understand it because we don't have it. But a God-called pastor, a God-called minister has a special anointing, yeah, to carry the word. In 2 Timothy, Paul is writing to a young pastor named Timothy. 
And in the fourth chapter, he charges him or he commands him to do several things. But do you remember the first thing he charged him to do? Preach the word. The first thing he commanded young Timothy. Of all the things I want you to do as a pastor, I want you to preach the word first. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't want a word before we go further. Like I say, the rest of us can't understand it uh, because we don't have it. <coughs> but I know it when I see it. Yeah. Why? And that's what I want to talk about now. How does, how does it happen? Well, first of all, a man is called directly by God. Not mama called, not daddy called, not church called, but God called. And then the next thing that will happen, and let me back up. That's the base and most important requirement. A man, I pray he gets all, after the call, I pray the man get all the education he can, learn all the history he can. Yeah. That's wonderful. But without that call, the rest of it's a, a falsehood. I'll go that claim. It's wrong. That first thing's got to be that call. And then everything else comes after that. No man can just decide he wants to be a preacher. No. If he's standing in the pulpit without that call and anointing in his life, he's a, li he's a liar. I'm sorry. He doesn't have it. And he ain't going to do anybody any good. And he may be pastoring a great big church, but he's a zero in my book without that call. So then we'll take a young man. The next thing he'll do is after he's wrestled with it and not slept for a while or run higher or whatever, he'll finally cough it up to the church. Although a lot of times the church can kind of figure it out already. We're not dummies. Yeah. We can see it in his life. He can't help it. It does. No, I'm not. You are. Yeah. So the man will call, the young man coughs it up to the church that he's been called to preach. And the church rejoices. Church congratulates him. The pastor gives him a real quick appointment to preach. And the church sits back and says, Now prove it. Now prove it. Sounds good. We're all for you. Prove it. And there'll be a space of time for him to prove that he's really got that call or not. And how do I do that? Well, first of all, there's some power and spirit in his preaching. It connects with me. And I see growth in his life. He's getting deeper in the Word. You can see him stepping out on the limb a little bit further. 
And you, the church says, yeah, he's got the call. And that's when we do a thing called we license the preacher. Basically, we're giving him our stamp of approval to the rest of the churches, to the world. We think this man's got the anointing in his life to be a preacher. Look, he's got that call in his life. And then later on, if he pastors or if he's called a pastor, we'll ordain him, but not until then. But you know that first message maybe four minutes? Yeah, oh, hey. Fourteen minutes or whatever? Yeah. But there's something very special about it. The church recognizes it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've seen them. And, and I relate it to a, a young eagle when it's fully grown, it's sitting in this mess as big as his mama had. And it'll get up on the edge of that nest. And it'll raise its wings and flap. And if a breeze comes by, it may even lift up. And then it cool, mm -hmm. he comes back down. But that young guy walking out that first time, <coughs> he's out on the wind, man. Yeah. He's, it's real then. He's not still sitting in the nest. And, uh, and no matter, like I said, no matter the lick of it, mm -hmm. the content of it is sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And... He's not going to pull the wool over a true church's eyes. No, he's not. Um, church knows if he's really got a hold of it or not. Well, what if he doesn't? What if the church doesn't feel like, no, I don't think so. You hadn't grown. you really not connecting with me. Well, as far as church is concerned, that's as far as it goes. And if he ever gets to that point, we'll talk about it again. But uh, don't ask me to license a man that hadn't, hadn't rung my bell. Can I use that word? Yeah. He's going to prove himself. I, I will not name the church, but Brother Larry Smith, uh, rest his dear soul, was pastoring a church, and he had six young ministers. And I heard him tell me to my face, there's only two of them I'll put in the pulpit. He only thought two of them really, truly had the call out of six young men. I'll put two of them in the pulpit, but I can't put the other four yet. They haven't proved their sales. Yeah. Somebody a word. But I... will be tried. It's, it's, uh... What a man announces is called preach. You'll prove yourself to God. Not only to the church, but you'll prove yourself to God. It, it is because you're going to be faced with, with um, trials and tribulations that are going to come. Everybody, everybody gangs around you when you announce your call. Yeah. Everybody loves you. And, and, uh, but after a little while, um, Satan begins to start his work. And if you're not truly called, you'll give in to Satan. Not saying you're not saved. Yeah, you're saved, sure. But you will, you will give in to Satan. The longer that I've been preaching and trying to pastor, I have a love for people that, and Brother Bobby can, can vouch for this, you, when I'm at home, by myself at night, I can't help but think about our members here, and 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 are they doing okay? 
are they are they are they discouraged? Are they are they happy? And I pray to God, Lord, help me do my part that I won't be a discouragement to them. Lord, help me to know when I need to pick up the phone and, and call. I consider it my flaw that I've been, mm -hmm. and and uh, whether I'm pastoring or whether I'm uh, 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 just a member of a church as a preacher, I've been both. You have that, you have that desire to make sure that they're, and, and a lot of folks can't understand that. A lot of folks say it's my four and me. But with the church, you continually have a care and a concern, and, and, and sometimes the devil will put things in your head and, that are not there, but still you worry. And uh, uh, so you can either say, well, I've got enough things to worry about with me and my family that I can't handle this pressure of this. Or you can say, Lord, give me grace. Give me grace. And he'll give you grace and joy and peace that surpasses understanding. Yeah. Now, I read the... I'm sorry. Can I say this, though? Sure. There's probably only one other... Well, other than his wife, I'm probably going to be the one that prays for this, for our pastor yeah. more than anybody sure. else in here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, and, and I, I'm reminded of what Brother Steve preached at association one time. <coughs> When you say God can take us from zero to to two hundred that quick, yeah. And I have been there. Third verse of the last song, not have an idea what I'm going to preach, and then see people squirming in their seats by the time I'm finished with it, and we done been there way longer than we supposed to. <laughs> yeah, it's because it wasn't you. No, it wasn't you. Oh, I've tried it with me. And, and the church had to pick me up and dust my knees off and say, you know, try it again, preacher. Yeah. yeah. Another part of that said, and how shall they preach except they be sent? Now, the old phrase, mama called and daddy sent, that just don't work. God calls them, but the church sends them. That's why I talked about that licensing a man. If you run into a man... Uh, let's say he's on the street preaching and he's not affiliated with the church, run from him. Run from him. The church is the ultimate authority when it comes to the gospel. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you know, we could choke Brother Steve to death this morning when he got up to preach. Or we could let him fly. That's in the church's hands. Now, he's got to have his life right. Don't get me wrong. He's got to be in a condition to, to preach. But the church, and you know what? We can take that license away from a fellow too. If we feel like he's scarred his life and he's, he's done things that's disqualified him, we can take that license back from him. God calls him. God gives him messages, but the church has the authority over him. Yeah, don't forget that. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll make this statement, and I've thought about it since Friday morning, how to say it correctly. So, so how, do you, how do you know a man's really called to preach? 
Well, it's not if he can walk those benches and walk back up these. Right. It ain't got nothing to do with that. Right. It ain't got nothing to do with his volume. Right. It ain't got anything to do with if he can bust the pulpit slapping it with his hand. Was you going to walk the benches this morning? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. This is crack. If you've never been up here, there's a crack right here. A minister hit it so hard. Uh, but I will say this. Not necessarily a young minister, but a man that can stand here and be dignified. I'm suspicious a man that's got that calling and that anointing and the Spirit of God, I want to see it on him a little bit. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah. But really where I want it, I want it here. Yeah, I want to see. I think the phrase is power. He preaches in power and demonstration of the Spirit. Without the Spirit here, there'll be no preaching. Yeah. You yeah. preach straight, word for word, out of the Word of God. But if the Spirit, if it ain't seasoned with the Spirit, it ain't doing its job. And also, if it isn't seasoned with love. There's too many preachers running around thinking if they haven't whipped on the church today, they hadn't preached, get out of here. I don't care what a minister's preaching. If it's not seasoned with love, it's not true preaching. Yeah, yeah. I remember Paul Kelly saying that he found out something one time and he thought, well, when I get back to church, I'm going to bust their house. Mm. And what he got when he got back to church after about three or four laps around the pulpit, God finally said, I didn't call you to be a high buster. <laughs> and so he fessed it up before he could preach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's... You know, as a deacon, there there's several, we, we say there's tables that we serve, but, but one of the more joyous ones is serving the pastor's table. I don't put a minister up on a pedestal for his glory. I put him on the pedestal because of his calling. Yeah, I honor, I honor that calling he's got. Yeah, and anything I can do to help him. Yeah, yeah. And a man that will keep his life clean, that has that calling, I think so much of him. Because most people don't know, and I don't understand and don't always know uh, what that does in his life. Yeah. yeah. I'm just about through. Anybody else a word? nothing to do with exactly where we are in the scripture today. But there is a girl that I went to school with that is now a preacher in Garden City. Yeah. When people have, I've had those conversations, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. well, I can't a woman preach, yeah. well, I can't a woman or whatever. Is, is that here? Uh, it's, okay, uh, yeah, it's real simple. Um, and let me say this. Uh, well, I'll give you the exact verse. It's in New Testament, Paul's writings. I can't put a spot on it right now. But Paul specifically says 
that a woman is not to usurp authority over a man or to have authority over a man. And, the, and why? Because she's not intelligent enough? No. Because she's not spiritual enough? No. He said because Eve was the one deceived. That's why. Yeah, that's why. If you go into Timothy and Titus, the qualifications, there's no, there's no dilly-dallying. Yeah. But, but I'll say this. You know, there's standards in a church, and that standard has to be close. It has to be close. You know, we, we say only a man can preach the gospel. Well, if I move that standard once, I can move it again and again. If I'd say, yes, a woman can pastor, pretty soon I might say, well, a homosexual can pastor. Or a person that's been married 20 times can pastor. Where do I draw that line? There's only one place I can draw it, and it'd be dead for sure, no question. And that's as close to the scriptures it can get. I run a risk if I draw that line anywhere else. Yeah. I'll give you an example. I'm running over. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll give you an example. You know, we would not ordain a man that's been married twice. We wouldn't do that. And you say, well, well you know, that's... Well, let me, are, are we wouldn't allow a man that's been married twice to teach. Why? Would you allow a man that's been married five times to teach? Ten times? Fifteen times? Would you let a man that's been married fifteen times stand up here and teach? Where do you draw the line? At seven? At twelve? No. You draw it at one. To keep it holy. Yeah. So that's, that's my answer. There is scripture for it. Yeah. That's why we do not allow a woman to speak in comforts. She would be having authority over the men. It's not that it's belittling the women, but it is because of Eve. And that's what Paul said, so that's my answer. Got you. Okay? I just, I've never had like, what you say. Just, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I just don't believe Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And no, it's not putting the woman down at all. Maybe I should say God thinks too much of women to let them preach. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else want to speak to that? And I, and I know you say, that's kind of, that's borderline being hard-nosed. And I, I don't mean it that way. It's just the office of the church, the office of a deacon, a pastor, it needs to be without reproach. Yeah, it's, they're that important. Yeah. Brother Michael, I, 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 I knew this man was a minister and he got a divorce and remarried. And he's a good man, real good man, reading all from the scripture. And he was teaching Sunday school at a church where I was visiting regularly. And he had to teach on marriage in the scripture. And he got to one verse that brought condemnation on him. And he said, y'all don't let this verse wreck your life. And at that instant, I fell out with it. Because the Word of God does not wreck people's lives. Yeah. So, didn't mean to go quite down that tangent, but there we went. I, I want to wrap it back up again with saying this. Um, 
thank God every night for the preached Word of God we have here. Yeah. As Paul said, he wasn't ashamed of the preached gospel of Christ. Let's don't be either. It's what feeds us. It's what gets our children saved. Yeah. Yeah. And let's show the respect due to the men who carry it. Yeah. Not because of them, who they are, but of what they have in their lives. Okay? Yeah. Ma'am. church every time you hear the minister when he's through with this message say church I appreciate you praying for me I felt liberty pat yourself on the back pat yourself on the back Amen. we've done good because I'll, I'll, I'll close with this if the church is where she should be and the spirit's moving and a man of God preaches the gospel and a lost person walks out that door lost He'd have walked out if Christ himself would have preached it. Do you believe that? I do. I do. If Christ had stood right here where I am and preached his own gospel, they'd have walked out the door. Yeah. And many did. And many did. But yeah. Yeah. It's that important. So when the preacher says, thank you for praying, church, give yourself a pat on the back and don't forget to do it for next Sunday, okay? Brother Michael, what's the word on that? More than one preacher has come here to revival or a business preacher and thanked us for the Lord. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's evident that this is a great church. Now, two weeks from now, we're going to have a. Anything you ever wanted to ask a preacher time? <laughs> okay. <laughs>